Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube, even into the offseason. Make sure that you're subscribed. You get all of the latest content. Thanks to everybody who joined us for 100 episodes of Before Floor this year. Also, FiveReasonSports.com. Spell that one out for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others and all the South Florida sports. And check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes our friends over at Therapist Preferred. This is Premium CBD. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. You get 25% off everything there. The tincture, the sports cream, the gummies. Go to TherapistPreferred.com. Use the code 5RSN. And now, on the last day of the season, tonight's episode. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. The Miami Heat lose to the Boston Celtics 100-96 in Game 7 at home. They fall behind early in this game. They're trying to scratch back the entire game. They kept getting it to 6-7-8. to to And then every single time Boston made some kind of a shot, usually on interior passing, something along those lines where the Heat weren't able to protect the back line. Jimmy Butler, who had another miraculous game tonight, 35 points, said he didn't do enough in the series. He shouldn't be talking like that. He did everything he could, as did to, you know, large degree Bam Adebayo tonight. Not enough production from the others. A controversial takeaway of a Max Struess three-pointer, which I'm sure we'll get into. And then Jimmy Butler went for the kill late in the game. Pull up three in transition. We're going to talk a lot about that play in the context of, of Jimmy's series. Eric Spolcher looked like he was ready to cry or had already cried uh, before he came into the press conference. We also sp- uh, heard from Bam Adebayo, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry. And again, uh, Jimmy blamed himself for, as he said, playing like crap twice in this series I don't know that anybody's blaming Jimmy Butler, but let's let's get to it. Uh, tonight's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. I've got Brady Hawk. We're not going to do a full, full episode tonight. We're not going to sort of sum up the season. We've got like things are falling apart around us right now. It's after midnight. Uh, we're going to save that for future episodes. We'll talk about transactions and all that there. I just want to talk about tonight. So I'll go first to you, Brady. What, what went wrong at this at the start tonight again? Yeah, I'd say the first thing you'd have to say is they just weren't out there defensively like we thought they were. Like, we, I think we thought that was a given. We kept talking about offense, uh, and the offense was bleeding into the defensive problems because the 
defensive stuff wasn't as much half court in my opinion. It was just transition. Like the, they just kept getting out in transition, getting easy buckets. Uh, and that kind of ended in the third quarter for a little bit, or if it, maybe it was the second quarter for a little bit. Uh, but either way, that was what happened. They were just kind of clawing, as you said, from behind every time it was at, Eight, it would go to 12 and then it'd get back to six and then it'd go back to 13 and it would just keep going fluctuating that they just couldn't get over the edge at any point in this game. Uh, so I think that was kind of the start of this. Uh, looking over some of the things that you were just talking about, I know we'll get into the Jimmy Bowler shot, but I just want to say first off, can I, I just want to start this off and say, anybody blaming Jimmy Butler on that shot, that is just not the correct takeaway from this game in any capacity. Like the guy just had 47 points then follows it up with a 35-point game seven, and he had totally – they could not get over the hump, like I just said. Finally get the rebound down to momentum, transition, guys in the backcourt, Al Horford in front of him. Yes, in hindsight, us all looking over the same play over and over like everybody else could probably say yes. He probably could have got to the rim like he did the other times of the night, maybe got an one, maybe got a layup. But no, that's not the way things work. Everything is in the moment. He had a transition three that was a good look for a guy that's had 35 points of the night. That's not a terrible look, even if he's not a known three-point shooter. And it came up short. And I just feel like that's the type of shot you have to live with. They were that close. It fell short. But the fact that if you're putting the blame on Jimmy Butler in any way possible and blaming that shot or, or going into detail about what he should have done, like that is just not the type of thing. But just the game overall, you're just not going to win when – you shoot 20% from three. Like, I feel like that's a given. We've seen that so many times throughout this playoff run. Uh, and if we're entering, I guess, off-season mode here, finishing out a game seven when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have absolutely great performances and are your two best players, and it's more of the role players not stepping up, I think that's better in terms of roster construction heading into an off-season than if it was the other way around. And I think, Alex, this is the tough thing. We talked all year about their depth, right? Their depth, their depth, their depth, their depth. And some of it was injuries, obviously. That Some of the attrition was injuries. Obviously, Lowry, you know, Spolster said he shouldn't have been out there at all, really, or certainly Hero shouldn't have been out there at all. We, we can probably agree Hero shouldn't have been out there at all tonight. But also P.J. Tucker, you know, exiting this game after 17 minutes was ineffective. Also, you know, it looked like the injuries finally caught up to him. They were down to six guys. If we were to say in in December that Victor Oladipo would be playing 33 minutes of a, of, of a winner go home or a home or go home uh, game in the Eastern Conference Finals, people would say you're crazy. They had no choice. He was really down to five guys at the end of this game. And the reality is they didn't get enough production from any of them. I mean, there were some moments for Strews tonight. Obviously, the three-pointer was taken off the board. But Lowry was largely ineffective. Hero gave you nothing. We expected that would probably be the case. Uh, Vincent was a little bit erratic tonight. I mean, just they, none of the others did enough. I mean, that's really where it was. It's, it's really like, and I said this on our off the floor tech subscription service. Once again, you guys should check it out. We've been really active on it the whole playoff run. And we're going to try, we're going to, we're going to find a way to still be active on it throughout the off season. I'm sure. But uh, I said it earlier, you know, not to simplify everything, but tonight that he got 60 points on 25 of 45 shooting from Jimmy and bam, 10 of 40 from everybody else. And again, like I'm not trying to simplify it, but it's really hard to look past that and, and find other, Really, really important takeaways. And I mentioned other stuff there, like how they got out-rebounded. Uh, they won the turnover battle, but Boston was still the better transition team. 
Boston was also the better half-court team tonight, and that is because of what the other guys were not able to do. You got more than enough from Jimmy and Bam. Like, you guys already said it better than I could. Like, we were all saying before this pod, you don't need another Jimmy masterpiece. He didn't give you one of the best, you know, the best game this postseason or anything, but he had an awesome game, right? To me, what was more frustrating about any, you know, than any of that and, you know, the first quarter where you ended up getting outscored by 15, they got 13 transition points to the Heat's four. They were right in it. They were right in it the whole game. This wasn't like any of the other blowouts. Even though they got outscored by 15 in the first, usually that would decide almost every other game in the series. That was not the case tonight. Despite that, despite losing the transition game, despite getting almost nothing from everybody else, you were right there. And in those last two, three minutes, even more so than that Jimmy shot, which I completely agree with everything Brady was saying. Like I was one who was complaining in the moment because I thought Jimmy could have got to the rim. But it's true. At the same time, when Jimmy took that shot, I was standing because I believed in the magic of Jimmy Butler and the magic of the moment in that time. So it's not even about the shot to me. I'm more frustrated with the lack of possessions, the lack of touches that Jimmy got in the last two, three minutes. It felt like that was the only one he got in those last minutes. And I was really frustrated with that. I'm a Victor Oladipo guy, have been. He had the ball way too much. And I thought he did a good job, you know, making plays for others. And in the times he did have the ball and when he wasn't shooting it, he had the ball way too much at the end. And that was my only real frustration with how they closed out that game. And one of the things we'll discuss as we go forward is if you had had a healthy Tyler hero there in place of Victor Oladipo with those touches, might this have been different and we'll never know. Right. But that's a decision that they've got to make based on projection this off season, which again, we'll get into Victor Oladipo provided more than anybody anticipated, particularly on the defensive end, but the possessions with him leading the way offensively when Jimmy was with him, were problematic since he came back. And and I don't think there's any question. That's kind of why he was yanked out of the rotation in the first place. And then you saw it at the end. It's just good things didn't typically happen. And and maybe with an off season with this group and a resigning that that will look different. But I think those would have been heroes reps. uh, If, if circumstances have been different or they were supposed to be Kyle Lowry's reps as well. Well, that's, you know, it was funny. I was talking, I was I was talking to Coop about that. He's like, well, <laughs> that was more a product of who he was out with or with wearing the one run. But I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with what he provided defensively. And look, they needed him without him. You had nobody else to go to. And this is again, going to be a, a topic of conversation in the off season, because by the end of this series, he, you know, he wasn't playing Duncan Robinson. He decided not to play Caleb Martin. He got away from Dwayne Dedman, which looked like a good decision. I still think it was, but we talked about depth, 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 depth. The playoffs tell some of it is matchup related, but your depth is only as good as the guys you can play in a game seven. That that's generally the rule. And you saw it even tonight from Boston. They played seven. Peyton Pritchard played three minutes as the eighth guy. They played seven, but they, here's the difference. They got contributions out of their entire seven. They got moments from Derek white. They got a Marcus Smart game, which there was bound to be one of them. You allow him to shoot as much as they allow him to shoot. There was bound to be one. They got they got great minutes from they've got 41, 43 minutes from Al Horford at his age. And they got enough. Uh, you know, I don't think Robert Williams affected the game tonight the way he has previous games, but they got enough from Robert Williams and Grant Williams. So everybody that they played gave them something. In Miami's case, it really wasn't, it was Jimmy and Bam. And we've talked about the fit between Jimmy and Bam. Here's the thing. We can talk about the defense. The transition defense gave up 13 points in a quarter before it shut it down a little bit. 
The interior defense was not good against Boston's passing, but they gave up a hundred. I mean, I know pace plays into this, but they gave up a hundred. So it kind of gets back to what Alex said. And we'll, we'll, we're going to get into this a little bit more as after the break, you can't have your guys outside of your top two shooting 10 for 40 from the field. And, and this just, this happened over the course of the postseason. So why is it that guys that were good shooters during the regular season were not good shooters in the playoffs? And also some of the guys you didn't play, we will have obviously the Duncan conversation going forward. I, I want to commemorate Jimmy's series when we come back. I think we should do that. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, our friends over at Water Cleanup. If you're a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim, you got to check them out. Water Cleanup here for you 24 hours a day when a disaster strikes in your home or business. You need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup Florida understands the impact and stress that an unexpected disaster may cause. So check out watercleanupflorida.com. That's watercleanupflorida.com. They're a licensed building contractor. They provide the A to Z service and one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. No need to bring in other contractors. They'll handle it all for you. Call Michael. You can reach him at 954-579-0356, 954-579-0356. If you got the schmutz, they got the guts. All right, we'll be right here with you with more content in a second. All right. Welcome back to five on the floor. We just took a little bit of a pause here. We're going to just finish up this episode with some thoughts on Jimmy Butler's run. And then, like I said, we will get to more of the uh, kind of evaluation of the entire season. Look ahead to next season. We'll do that over the course of this week. I know nobody in Miami is going to want to watch that series in the finals that the worst series to watch the ones that are the hardest to watch for a fan are always the, 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 the championship round or the Super Bowl after you lose in a conference final. That's that's always the worst because you kind of think whether you would have had a chance. We'll never know whether they got a shot. And that's kind of what Eric Spolster said. He said, we just wanted a shot. You know, I, I don't know with a roster that was basically down to six or seven guys by the end of it, what kind of a shot they would have had against what is now all of a sudden a really healthy Golden State team. So I think some Heat fans may look at this like it was for the best, but obviously they wanted the opportunity. Um, but I, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you start, Alex, on this one. Just Jimmy's series. I was just asked this on my TV hit. You know, how will it be remembered? Jimmy's postseason, and you know, together in terms of everything he did from the Atlanta series, missed one game in that series. Um, there was obviously the missed shot at the end of one of those games that people were frustrated with. And again, this ends with kind of a missed three but but everything in between obviously the knee injury that he suffered the ankle he tweaked again the two games that he was not effective in this series that he blamed himself for he he went a little over the top with all that stuff but your thoughts on his postseason i mean where save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details to start with Jimmy Butler, man. First of all, I want to say I don't ever want to hear ever again from anybody that Jimmy Butler is not good enough to be your best player on a team that is a real contender to win a championship. It's been disproven. Not only was it disproven in 2020, but now, you know, throughout all the narratives, throughout everything that's happened ever since, 
specifically the way that he played against the Bucs. He has come back, and what he did this whole playoff run, I think, is completely shut up everybody who had any doubts about what I was talking about. I think he is, you know, clearly, absolutely the best player on this team. That's obvious. But, you know, there was times in this season where there was a lot of people questioning whether that was still true or whether that, that was going to continue to be true and for how much time. It's, it's not even a debate at this point. Like, for as much as I love Bam and the other guys on this team, it's not close. Jimmy Butler is the best player on this team, and I think he's certified. He's, he's vindicated. He is that guy. I think, you know, we can have conversations that we're obviously going to save for other shows about how they can build around Jimmy and Bam and how, what they can do to improve this team in the margins. But the Jimmy-Bam build is certified at this point. You got to the finals in the first year with it. And then two seasons later, one game away, one shot away from being right back in there after everybody counted you out, called you frauds, called, called it a fluke. Despite terrible, terrible three-point shooting from the team throughout the entire playoff run, because I want to say that it wasn't just, you know, it was at its worst against Boston, but it was way below average for the entire playoff run. And that was, you know, one of their biggest things throughout the season. They were number one in the league in three-point percentage. Not to repeat it all the time, but it's just – a lot of it comes down to that stuff, and it's too bad that Jimmy didn't get enough from the rest of his team offensively because I do think they were awesome defensively for most of that for most of this playoff run. And after that, I just really don't want to hear anything about Jimmy Butler ever again in a negative tone because they're really not there without him, and he saved them countless times, even throughout the series, you know, playing two and a half games where he did not look like himself. He blamed himself after all of that, like you said, and, and it, it was a little bit over the top because he, he was kind of saying, it wasn't enough, and him not playing well in those games ended up being the series. And it's kind of hard to disagree with that. He didn't get enough from everybody else, and so it kind of ends up coming right down to those games. Jimmy Butler is certified. I don't want to hear anything else about the Jimmy Bam build, and I don't want to hear any trade talk until at least tomorrow. I'm shaming all the Heat fans who are already putting all the photoshops right now. Have some respect for the team, man. I'm serious about this. Have some respect for the team and for those guys going out the way they did with one of the grits, grittiest, most grinded out wins in Heat history. These guys deserve some damn respect, man. And it, Jimmy Butler is at the top of that. I, I think when, you know, we look at these runs, uh, they, they all kind of get defined by the one or two players who lead them or those players are defined by the run in totality. Um, and, and so I don't think Brady that we're going to look back on this and say, Jimmy could have done more. I, I think what, what he said tonight, I get it. Uh, you know, he's, he's sort of taking some leadership into the off season, but the whole idea this year was that you didn't, you weren't supposed to need him to do that all the time. The fact that he was capable of doing it for a large majority of the games in the postseason is in some ways a, a tribute to him, but it's also it's also a criticism of the roster. And and to win a championship, I mean, you need you know multiple you know players beyond your star playing well. They had enough of it throughout the season. They had kind of the weird thing where they were better sometimes when one or two of their guys was out, and then when they put it all back together again, they just weren't consistent enough behind him. But he did this at age 32. I mean, we talk about LeBron's runs and the majority of Dwayne's runs. They were younger, but it doesn't feel like Jimmy's slipping. I, it just feels like and coming out of this, he has cemented himself as a superstar. But we have to get used to the fact that he's probably only going to play 60 games in the regular season next year. 
and everything is going to be tilted towards getting him back to this position in the best possible state. If he could play 30 games in the regular season, but be more effective, even more effective in the playoffs, they would take 100%. And I don't know if you're expecting not to look too far into the future, but another one seed year. Like I think the idea is getting ready and gearing up for the, for the playoffs when it really matters, like when we were looking at this team and you're here in the post game, you're talking about Tyler Hero not being healthy, BJ Tucker not playing the second half because he's not healthy, Kyle Lowry breaking down, Jimmy Butler, we were worried about breaking down, but that wasn't an issue. Like he was able to battle through and able to be as good as ever. Uh, and speaking of Jimmy in general, like it's why the, the whole talk was so ridiculous the whole season when they're like, can Jimmy Butler be the best player on a championship team? Yes, he can. And this game was a representation of that. He can. It just comes down to who's around him. And he had good players around him. We know that. That's not saying that about trades and offseason moves already. We're not kind of sliding into that already. But it's just they didn't play up to the degree uh, that they needed to. And I think you mentioned kind of playoff runs are, are noticed by your team's best two players. When we think about this in a few years, when we think about this specific playoff run, we're going to remember this playoff run by Jimmy Butler and Jimmy Butler only. I don't think it's going to be another player like, yes, Max Struess is the Gabe Vincent's Tyler heroes. Even the Bam out of bios had great moments this season. All of them had different times and different slots where even Jimmy Butler had down moments and it was kind of looking at it in a different way. Jimmy Butler is going to be the topic and the highlight and the takeaway from this entire season, from regular season, to the playoffs, it's always remembered of, of kind of how it finishes, I guess, but it wasn't even that it was the way the playoff run started. It was the way he took over against Atlanta. It was the way, he battled through Philly and was able to come out on top. Like everything he did, he's going to be remembered in this specific run totally from that. And it, he beat the, I guess, the bubble finals allegations because everybody constantly has to say that it, he did that at the biggest stage, but it was inside of a bubble. Well, yes, he fell short and he's not in the finals, but he just basically did it on the biggest stage once again and showed up. Uh, and he just obviously didn't have the support, but. I think just looking specifically the way he's doing it, uh, he's not, he does, it, his body and injury wise may be slowing him down a bit, but he doesn't look to be slowing down at all at this stage to me. Like I'm watching him run the break, hit passing lanes, get to his spots in the mid range, get to the rim time and time again, especially being where he stands right now and get these and ones and hit the floor and get back up and still go the way he's able to do that. And it comes back to a point that I made before. The fact that if there's any takeaway about that pull-up three in a game seven to go to the NBA finals, and you look at the box score from this game, Jimmy Butler was taking that shot. Okay, maybe you say it shouldn't have been a three, but he needed the ball in your hands. And I think you'd rather that shot than a, an open shot from a role player where you always say you want the ball in your best player's hands. So I think that shot is not going to be what's remembered from Jimmy Butler on this playoff run. The 47-point game six is what's going to be remembered and the way he was just carrying basically his team whenever they needed him to. And the way he was carrying them when he wasn't supposed to have to. I, I, I think that's going to be the talking point as we go into the offseason. Um, I have one more thought on this before I do. want to tell you about our other great sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network. One of our other sponsors, it's Better Edge. This is our peer-to-peer -peer gambling partner. I know you guys need a few days. I understand it. 
Come Thursday, though, if you want to bet on Golden State in the finals, you can check out the app. It's not an app. It's a web-based product. But go to Better Edge. It's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com backslash five reasons. you get $20 to play with, and you can pick your lines. So tonight, for instance, I think Miami was plus three. You would have lost if you took them in a regular sports book tonight because they lost by four. We haven't discussed the Max Strew shot. I'm going to address that here as we come back. Um, and uh, But if you had gone to Better Edge, you could have gotten a different line. So maybe you would have gotten Miami plus five or something like that and bet against someone else. It's like betting with your friends, except doing it on an app and getting $20 to play with. So go to Better Edge. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E dot com backslash five reasons. I do want to mention the Max Strews thing here real quick because you don't hear Eric Spolster complain about rules in the NBA very much. Um, just to be clear on this, the heat's frustration with the Max Strews shot getting taken off the board about 30 real time minutes after it actually happened, the three point shot, which actually, which pushed the deficit, obviously, I think up from eight to 11 at that stage or something along those lines. And their point was not so much whether Max's heel hit the line or not. They didn't argue that we can look at it and make a decision. I don't think that's overturnable in my view, but you can say that maybe he grazed the line. Their issue was the amount of time it took for Sakakis or wherever it is that they're doing this to come back because it does change the way you do things. They don't do this stuff in the NFL. You don't go like six possessions down the line and say, oh, you know what? That pass interference call, that wasn't really a pass interference call because it unravels the entire game. Why shouldn't the same be true in basketball? Because it does affect things. So, I mean, if you make the wrong decision, if if it's a challengeable call, they ha- that, that, that is there for the coach with his challenge. The Heat won a challenge tonight. Uh, Boston won a challenge without challenging. I, it's just, it, it, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not saying it's rigged. That's not where I'm going with this. Okay. So I just, I'm just simply saying, I agree with the heat that this rule should be changed, but just to close here. And we appreciate everybody for listening the entire season, uh, not just here, but also on the YouTube channel. We actually, uh, got the number 16 on NBA podcasts, uh, as of the past week, which, uh, in the entire, that includes all the national podcasts too. So we really appreciate that. I'm just going to close with one thing, uh, here, here on Jimmy, you know, I, I think that we look at heat eras. Okay. And you define them. And so, you know, you look at since Riley came, okay. There's pre Riley and there's, you know, there's some good players in there. There's a Glenn Rice. There's a Steve Smith. There's a Ronnie cycle, you know, then there's the Riley build and, and it's the Zoe build and it's the Zoe Tim build and they are associated together and they're both hall of famers and it didn't go where they wanted it to go. They never won a title together. In fact, they didn't get out of the first round three, you know, three years against the New York Knicks who were lower seated every single time. We don't look back on that era as a failure. We don't look back on the things that Zoe did that Tim did as failures. We look at them as part of heat lore. They did remarkable things. It wasn't enough, whether because of the opponent they played or a bad call or Jamal Mashburn, not shooting or whatever, or Allen Houston shots swirling around and going in things happen. It's really hard to win titles. It doesn't invalidate a build. Okay. When you're looking at a team that was on the verge of going to its seventh NBA finals since 2006, when the Sacramento Kings have not made the playoffs during that period of time, it puts into some perspective what they were trying to do. And so to me, you talk about the Zoe Tim build. We talk obviously about then the Dwayne and then Shaq build, primarily a Dwayne build. We talk about the big three build. 
they tried to build around Bosch and Dragic and Wade. And obviously that was short circuited by Chris's situation. The Jimmy build to me has been a success already. Okay. It has been a success. You got, you got to an NBA finals last year was a weird year. That's been proven out this year. You get within four points, really within one minute of going to the NBA finals again, when your starting point guard was not a plus for you for a variety of reasons, when you were down to six or seven players, when you were calling for Bam to be more consistent the entire postseason, and it happened basically twice out of the seven games in this series or more aggressive offensively. And you didn't have the sixth man of the year, which is something that everybody's kind of put to the side. These are not excuses, but these are things that they were dealing with. And Jimmy Butler almost got them there. The Jimmy build is a success. Now the goal more so than ever is getting Jimmy over the top. That's what it's about. Okay. There's time for bam. There's time for Tyler, whether it's here or it's somewhere else. The Jimmy build to me has been validated, but now the gift to him for bringing this franchise back is giving him enough. We thought maybe it was Kyle Lowry. Maybe it's not. I'm a little bit more open to some moves this off season than I was before this series. You can't have only five or six guys that you can trust in a game seven at home. That tells you you need to make some changes and they don't have to be dramatic changes. The Boston Celtics basically swapped out Kemba Walker for Al Horford. And they're going to the NBA finals. I want to thank Alex, Brady, Greg, uh, everybody who's listening this year. We will get back into it. We're going to start the offseason stuff. We're going to do grades on players. Okay. This, this season, Alex hates this stuff. Greg loves this stuff. Although I know Greg was probably not happy about tonight. I want to thank all of our sponsors for the entire year. Of course, that includes Eric Rubenstein, you break wheel fix and so many others. Uh, and for sponsoring tonight's episode, water cleanup of Florida, prizepicks.com. Uh, use that code five therapist preferred.com use the code five RSN and betteredge.com backslash five reasons. Try to have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five reasons of sports network. Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.